If you're caring for aging parents, you need Parent Projects Connect. Here's why. First, you get access to a verified business network, so you're only working with the most trustworthy vendors who won't take advantage of your situation. Second, Parent Projects guides you through modules and tasks on health, financial, real estate, and medical decisions, so you're always prepared for what's next. Third, you can invite family members into your projects so your family is in the know and working together. Get started with a free 30-day trial today at parentprojects.com. Welcome in this week, everybody, to the Parent Projects podcast. Uh, I'm Tony Sievers coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona. This week, uh, we have got on our shows, we've worked through Home is Where the Heart is. We're going to tackle overcoming uh, when stuff and just the anxiety, other things that are related to that. We've got Matt Paxton on the show from uh, hit TV shows, Hoarders, from Legacy List. Uh, and also, we're going to hear a little bit about his book. Uh, in today's episode, um, stay tuned. Family Media and Technology Group production. Now here's your host, Tony Siebers. Hey, whether you've got a fear of throwing that thing out, you run into, they've got projects that were started. You've got chairs to upholster. You've got bolts and bolts of fabric meant for projects and templates that hadn't happened, or you're afraid of missing on a little bit of family history and no time to figure it out and sort it all out. We've got Matt Paxton, and he is the pro at this. This is, by and large, this is the guy uh, that can help you understand how to dig into those things, how to not give up when it comes down, and to maybe give yourself a little reprieve from the guilt and the fear in this to find a little love and laughter. Matt, thanks for uh, joining us this week on the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's always a blessing to sit down and talk with you. Uh, you've been at this you know, for years. Uh, I think the the first time we ran into each other several years ago at a at a conference with move managers, um, you're working on the hoarding show, w- dealing with with hoarders and a, and that just complexity of a really difficult situation. Today you've got a new show that's going on and uh, and some other and a and a focus that's taking a lighter side of that. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so I mean, I've been cleaning houses almost 25 years now. When I was 21, my dad, my stepdad, both my grandfathers, all four men that raised me, they all passed away in about 18 months. And I had to clean out all their houses. And it was really sad. It was really hard. And I was really, I was lost. And I didn't know what to do with all the stuff. No one had written a book about what to do with it. And especially the emotional side of that. And so I I remember by, by the third house, my grandfather had said, if something's challenging, do that as for do that for a job because people will pay you to do it. And I remember thinking like, this is what my grandpa was talking about. I need to do this as a, as a career. And it was kind of a calling, but, you know, jump forward, gosh, 25 years, I've cleaned every house in the country. I feel like everything from estates to um, really extreme hordes. I mean, I've seen it all from 10,000 rats to 300 cats, man. I've seen it all. And um, at the end of the day, I found the, the really positivity of it is, is helping aging seniors 
relocate. I love the stories. I love the stuff. I love the emotional parts of the families. And I, and I really love, I mean, I cannot, I love the story. So my new show legacy list with Matt Paxton is about, um, it's about hearing the stories behind all the cool stuff in our house and why we hold, and, and, and what we really accidentally discovered is why we hold on to this stuff so much. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, so I rattled a couple off at the beginning that I know we hear pretty commonly. Are there a couple of those that just at the top you start running into or, or those, those top loggerhead ideas and why there's so much. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody thinks that it's either they're going to need it in the future even though they haven't needed it for the last 10 years. They think that uh, it's going to be worth something financially, although it may or may not be. Uh, and they think that their grandkids either do or don't want it. And so there's two views on that. They think, oh, my, all my, my grandkids are going to want all my stuff. Or they think the opposite. Nobody wants any of my stuff. Yeah. And I'll actually tell you it's right down the middle. Well, I, I, so long, you know, grandma, if you're watching that beanie baby collection comes my direction, we're probably going to be okay. You if, if you've got a longer burger basket full of beanie babies, then we're in trouble. Okay. And if it's, you know, the biggest challenge we see is the, is the, the brown furniture in the dining room. Right. And, and everyone thinks that nobody wants it. And what I'll tell you is they probably don't want the dining room furniture, but they'd love to go shopping in, in grandma's closet. Like you'd be amazed the stuff. So it's not that they don't want your stuff. It's they don't want that stuff. They do yeah. want other things. And yeah. the most important part that I'll teach you today is if you tell the stories, if you really share the stories about the items that matter most in your family, you're going to find that your kids do want your stuff. They want other things, just not necessarily the china or the dining room tables. Well, and, and giving yourself time to kind of sort that out and give everybody the right time to approach that conversation, to come in, to take a look at those things. I think that's something we can get into a little bit today. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I mean, time is time is the whole issue here, right? We're, we're worried about it because we're running out of time um, in life, but we've taken a whole lot of time, often 50 to 70 years to accumulate all this stuff. And then we think we're going to cram it all into a three-day holiday weekend and clean it out and share the stories and that's just not realistic and that's why people get so anxious and so overwhelmed and that's why they quit and call a professional like me because they yeah. don't give it the time that it deserves yeah okay well i i dig digging into how to get started is one of the top yeah. things i'd really like to cover that as soon as we come back from this break stay tuned with matt pax and a legacy list sometimes i'd like to smack old age right in the kisser I always get the best parking spot. I think she needs a little more help. Monday. What I really need is a boyfriend that can drive at night. I can make a fashion statement out of anything. I will be fabulous. I have a little crush on my pharmacist. With Comfort Care at your side, you can live your best life possible. We know families can't be there 24-7, which is why we can help with as much or as little home care as you need. From medication reminders and meal prep to everyday chores and errands, so you can live in your own home on your terms. I won't let aging stop me from being me. <laughs> Call Comfort Care now and let us create your personalized care plan and find the perfect caregiver match. Can you show that number again? She was texting. Together with Comfort Care, you can both live your best life possible. Hey, and welcome back this week. We are going to help you uh, keep the memories, lose the stuff. We've got Matt Paxton, uh, author of the book, literally wrote the book, wrote the book on it. Uh, and Legacy List, where you get to see him 
put that to work uh, day in and day out as they work with families to help them get started through some of those challenging issues of taking the anxiety out of all the stuff that we've gathered through our life that then gets turned over in a parent project. Hey, Matt, so before, uh, great, great setup, you know, when a family comes in and starts facing uh, the situation, they go, they look in that attic, they look in the garage. Let's, let's say it's a garage. Like I always know you pull up to a house and you see all the cars are parked outside. And this is one they know they got to do. Like, what is, where, where do you even begin to put yourself in a mindset uh, if, if you have to tackle that? So I don't start in the garage to be very specific. <laughs> I look for a small space that's achievable, right? Yeah. Because if we, if we grab onto something really, really challenging, we're going to quit. It's natural. It's normal to quit. And you're, you're calling people, you're on here today watching this because you need help, right? It's been challenging. And so when I'm telling you something really small, I mean like, a stack of junk mail, or let's start with the junk drawer, maybe like one drawer. Um, I even, I really love starting in the bathroom because if you're going to cry over soap, well then man, we need to talk about the other show that I'm on, right? <laughs> right. Like, I really, right. really want to keep it small and achievable. Yeah. So I, I actually tell people 10 minutes, one of my tips is called a 10 minute sweep. Um, I want you to work every night, five nights a week for 10 minutes. That's it. And it's not about what you accomplish, it's that you did accomplish something. You've shown yourself, you've proven to yourself that you can't do this. And that's why I want you to start really, really small. I mean, literally it could yeah. be 10 pieces of junk mail and all you've done is torn them up. That's still something that's successful. And, I, and if the only thing you do is you go to bed and you've cleaned out your sink and it's, it's clean, and there's no dishes, then that's still a success. And so I'm talking really, really, really small and allow yourself that time to celebrate and be proud of what you did. And that's a that's a great element to, to highlight in the front of the why against that. And then it's we work so much better when we can see success. That carrot is a heck of a lot better than the stick. And there's going to be a couple of things that you you work that you have to work through that are going to be going to be rough. They're going to be decisions ahead. Most of us with a parent project are going to have some really hard decisions in life. And some of them will be life and death decisions that we don't get right. And you've got to find start with different projects like this that you you can celebrate the wins. And I, I, I love the, the idea of thinking small at first, accomplishable. Also, you, you talked about doing it five nights in a week. That starts speaking into just setting up a, a meaningful small habit, right? Yep. It's a habit. It becomes a habit, not a job, right? Yeah. And um, another thing I have people do at the beginning is uh, actually create what I call a legacy list. And that's the name of my TV show on public television. But a legacy list is a list of five or six items that mean the most in your family. And they tell your family story. They tell your family legacy. And they're rarely financially valuable. They're almost always um, emotionally valuable. This painting behind me right here, this is my dad's painting. Right? My dad's been dead 24 years. And that's a picture of my great-grandfather. His name is Temple. Guess what my youngest son's name is? Yeah. Temple. All right? My dad drew this painting in 1969, the summer of 1969, because he used to sit on his tractor in that same field and dream. Right? Mm -hmm. And Paxton's are a line of dreamers, man. We dream, we dream big, and we work hard. And that's what this picture was about. And so I keep, this is a legacy list item for me, and I keep this. Now, here's the key. If I don't tell you that story, that's just paint on, on fiber. It's not really anything. If you don't know that that's about my dad and my great-grandfather and the farm they had, the farm they settled and homesteaded, and now I'm in a, a line of four or five generations of entrepreneurs and my son is named after that kid. That's a much more important story now. That's a much more important item. And this is a, by the way, this is a podcast about getting rid of stuff, not holding on to things. But if I tell that story, 
I already know who's getting that painting when I die. Oh, I'm only 48. Hopefully that's a long time away. But my youngest son, Temple, is getting it because I've shared that story with the families, right? And so I'm talking, this legacy list is about the five to six most important items. And why that matters is once you've established that list and you've shared that list and you've told the stories, you're going to find that when you get into the garage and I find the old red Folgers can filled with my great-grandfather's nails, it's not as emotional as it was because I've already celebrated that man. I've already talked right. We've already established what matters and what his legacy is. And what we found over my 20 year career is that you hold on to things because of the emotions attached to the people that gave it to you. And now that holds two emotions for me, really three, my grand, my great grandfather, my grandfather, my, my father, and now my son. Now so, your son. Right. right. Absolutely. And now my son, in- but I've shared. Go ahead. No, you're, you're, you're right on the track for it. You, yeah, you're, but as you share these stories, it will actually allow you to get rid of the stuff that right. doesn't matter later. And so you're, you're heavy. We talk, you're pre really at the beginning of this process, you're really putting a lot of stories out there and you're documenting a lot of things and you're, but what it does is it makes the back end of it go a lot faster and smoother and, and really right, drama free. You're, you're acknowledging too. Uh, the the emotion does play a role and you're giving, especially if you're a family member that's assisting to pull that together, that time that you're pouring in, I can imagine for mom and dad, them knowing that you care enough to find those types of things in that moment uh, is something that can build that credit, that emotional credibility in that bank account when you, when you've got to move them maybe a little quicker along into something else. Yeah. It's all, look, I mean, I think about my clients, a lot of my client, when I started this, all my clients that I was talking to had been in World War II. Right. And I remember 20 years ago when I started this, I had this one client and he was a younger man. And his, he goes, I don't know if my dad can really do it. I'm like, dude, your dad fought in World War II. <laughs> I think he can handle his garage. I'll be honest. Right. And I literally <laughs> laughed in the guy's face. And I was like, your, grand, your dad's a little tougher than you're giving him credit for. He's stuck yeah. because of the emotions. Right. He's stuck because of the life that he, that he lived. And no one wanted to hear his stories. Right? And when I got him to sit down and share the stories and I gave him a way to share his stories, he really started left telling them. And then all of a sudden the kids wanted some of the items because they were hearing these amazing stories from grandpa. And he was having a, an easier time letting go of the stuff that didn't matter. How is, uh, how is a family? Well, I guess with legacy listed on the show, that's, that's easy because it, it come, you've got a whole film crew that's capturing off of that. Any ideas on how other families can kind of uh, memorialize yeah, I really love um, grandparent show and tell nights. I do Zoom nights all the time with families and they just get on Zoom and grandma, someone has to help grandma get on and she holds up an item and she starts to tell the stories of, well, these are my glasses and this is, I wrote my first book and I went to college and grandma tells the stories on Zoom and you're able to record it, right? And you yeah. record these, these story nights. And now you have it, it's shareable. No one, we didn't have to fly to the beach. We didn't, it's, it's very normalized. And what I really love about it is, is you start to find um, that everyone else in the family is there. And I tell everyone, when you do this, put it up, uh, put everyone's windows up because then you start to say like, when this gets played in 10 years, like, oh man, uncle John had hair and like, oh my gosh, that's your dad. I never met your dad. Like my kids never met my dad and I wish they knew his voice. He had a very distinct voice, but it's really not as hard as it looks. You just have to make the time to do it. And I, and I, a thing you and I, you know, we used to talk all the time back in the day. And what I'd always find in a house is a, a voice recorder. Someone would buy a voice recorder. It would still be in the package. Yeah. And they didn't give it to the person. The person died and all those stories died with them. Um, you, it's not really necessarily about the technology that you use. It's that you made the time to sit down and tell the stories and record them. And we all can listen to that. If we do that, 
um, you can take pictures. There's a, a really good app called Artifacts that I use. I love it. It's called Artifacting. Sure. I use that app all the time. I can take pictures. I can record my voice. I can take a video of my story, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of ways and the craziest ways you take the pen. You can take a pen and you write it on the back of the picture. And if that's the best way you can do it, great. That's your way. I don't care what level of technology you use, but dedicate some time each night to sharing these stories. And you have to have an audience. That's the other part. I, I so think that's one has to listen. Yeah, I, th I think that's a key part because uh, of where some others have, have fallen down where we'll see, uh, there's a lot of people that'll buy a book to start filling out or they'll, you know, they'll gift that thing. For not gonna do it. It just, yep. they're, not gonna yeah, do they're not, there isn't an audience that's there against yeah, that nice. or that, that whole win of it, which we, everybody wants is still unfathomable is how that's going to come to. to Dude, play. I think I'm one of the funniest, I think I'm one of the funniest guys in the world, but if I'm telling jokes to myself in my room, there's no one to receive that. And so there's no energy back. Right. So I'm not funny. I need an audience. It's why mm -hmm. I'm on TV. Um, I will really stress this. A lot of people are watching this right now and they think, well, I'm alone. I'm a widow or I'm a widower and I don't have anyone. There's so many people at church, so many neighbors, so many friends have said, is there anything I can do? Let me know. This is when you make those calls. Believe it or not, call a friend, call someone from church. It may not be your children, and that's okay. But call them and say, come over for an hour, please. I'm going to go through some pictures and tell you some stories. And let me tell you something. That ends up being a really, really cool night. Uh, downsizing does not have to be depressing. It can actually be awesome. And, but you have to choose and allow that into your heart. You have to say, I'm going to enjoy this. And you might have to be, it might be awkward to call a friend and say, hey, can you help? Can you do this? But once you do it, you'll do it a lot. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to start calling you. I'm going to call everybody up. I could be, I'm going to be like, hey, come listen to me talk. I need Legacy to Buddies, man. That was Legacy. what I originally wanted to call it. Legacy Buddies, man. I want that. It got shot down. But I wanted people to say, like, have a friend, right? That you go to her house yeah. and you guys share stories for an hour. And then the next week she comes to your house and you guys share stories. You can do it over coffee or tea or whatever. Do it that, that makes it comfortable for you. But if you start to make a commitment weekly on that, you're going to learn a lot about yourself, your friends, your family, your legacy, yeah. and you're going to yeah. have fun doing it. Hey, you know, I, I know that we have in, in our crowd and in, in our listeners up there, we've got directors of senior service centers that are all over the country and friends we've met over the years. Uh, there is an idea right there, right? Put those nice I'm just together. starting to do it. Yeah, I'm just starting to go to communities now and leading mm -hmm. these legacy list nights where we teach people how to create their legacy list. And then someone comes up on stage and shares their stuff. Yeah. And as a professional storyteller, I mean, that's what I do on TV. I tell stories and I do it on podcasts. But like, I've never had the best story when I go to one of the senior living communities. I mean, totally. those people destroy me, man, because their stories are amazing and they're heartfelt yeah, they are. and they're nervous, right? Yeah, but I'm no, telling no, anyone, no, if, you got a, if, you're, if you're an entertainment director of a community you're watching right now, you, you're not stealing it. You just just go do it. It's a legacy list night. It's real simple. Yeah, love that. Love that. Okay, so you, you get through legacy list. Awesome place to start. Sets the tone. Uh, in core, what I also pulled off of that is it's emotion. It's 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 acknowledging that emotion off of that side. It's practically doing something to establish some level of habit, and and then it's engaging other people. So you're getting the win of that handoff of this information yep. when something comes through. Love all of those. Okay, that's happened. That's occurred. That's a beautiful five to six items we got off of a legacy lift. I still have that stinking garage is sitting out I still there. Have a garage, right? Okay, okay, how do I like yeah. what do I how do I not give up again? So we were we were you know now you gotta know where you're going, right? You've gotta know your journey. You gotta you gotta know your destinations. Because if I'm going into a two-bedroom uh, at a community, well then I'm not keeping everything in the garage. And so a lot of times people will think, well, I'm not gonna really I'm not sure yet. I want to downsize before I choose. 
you got to choose where you're going first. I think it's really important. Yeah. And then you just got to do the work. And so I, I say, start small. We talked about that already. Uh, once you get into the garage, it's probably an hour at a time. Do it in the morning before it gets hot. Um, you know, Arizona in the summer, not the best time to do it, right? Like we want to make sure we're smart about it. We want to take our time, but you, then you got to start sorting and you really have to get realistic. You got to know where, you, if you know where you're going, you know what you need to take, right? Um, I'm, my piles are donate, keep, sell, trash, and maybe five. Maybe is the one people really, really shake me on. They're like, well, I don't know about a maybe pile. That's going to be bigger than the whole house. And it might be. Um, it's hard for a lot of us. I will tell you, my aging clients tend to be more intelligent than my younger clients. And I'm, I get in trouble for saying that. They just have more life experience. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of times they know what everything is in their house. They just have more stuff and more time and more life. And so they have to inventory it. And so I learned this from working with hoarders. Hoarders are incredibly intelligent. And so they have to inventory everything in their head. And so that maybe pile works for someone that was, that was really smart and worked hard and was really intelligent. So my older clients, I give them a maybe pile. And if you're not immediately sure, if you don't know immediately if you want to sell, keep, donate, or trash, then put it in the maybe pile. And what happens is when you come back to that pile, it's not a storage pile. It's a maybe. You had to find out like, oh, okay, I do have eight cheese graters. Okay, I can get rid of seven. Right? But I didn't know that when I found the first one, right? Um, and then the, I'm really big on donate. I, I cannot stress this enough. I, um, faith is a large part of my life. I don't talk about it a lot, but you will always find happiness in giving to others. I cannot tell you that you will find happiness in the financial value that you get for selling something. Okay. Right. Well, so yeah. I am really into donate. Someone else will always need it more than you did. Um, find a charity that works for you. I, I just want one that you like, and it makes you happy to give. You, you align with their morals and their mission. And if you do that, you'll continue to donate more and more and more. And donation is the fastest way to get rid of anything. Yeah, it, it more, it's a fulfilling way to get rid of all it's, of those things. It's real. It's, it fills your heart. It does not fill your wallet. And by the way, neither does selling your stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, we, you, I, I've had conversa I was having conversations with, with our producer uh, on working with family, this family with like a beer stein collection, right? Dad's beer stein collection mm -hmm. from all over. And they just were dead set. They were going to do a, um, they were going to do a sale and they wanted to work this sale because they had this really niche community and this community would really like the stuff and they'd want to do that. I, man. So they sat down there and that was, that was the kicker. I, I had a feeling it'd be something like that. And this guy came up and offered, he's like, I'll give you, I'll give you 250 for all of the steins. It's just like, $250. And they, he must've had, there's like probably 30 or 40 of them he'd collected from everywhere. And he's like, all oh, around the world. $2 and yeah. 50 cents. Yeah. Right. I'll give you $2 yeah. and 50 cents for that one. And, oh man, you could just watch this like drop. Oh, it's a smack in the face. Like don't, yeah. don't set yourself up for that problem. Right. So if you're no one that, has ever, yeah. no one's ever come to any estate sale I've done where they're like, Hey man, I want to overpay for that. And I want to do it really slowly. Right, like people are there. There's no other situation where you think yeah. I'm going to offer a nickel. Like in yeah. no other situation you offer a nickel yeah. and someone wouldn't punch you in the face. But here's the, here's the kicker: you've already decided you don't want it. Right. I'm going to say that twice. You've already decided you don't want it. When you put a price tag on it, it's really just a fake barrier in your brain yeah. that you're putting in there to not get rid of it. Right. But if you found someone that loves Steins, you find some young kid just like your grandfather that loves Steins as much as that guy did, right? And you offer to give it to this kid. How much more is that joy of that kid 
just freaking out. He got this amazing, amazing collection. And he's going to hear the stories of your grandfather and of your family. He's going to love it and enjoy it more. That's so much more gratifying than getting $2.50 for the entire collection. That's fantastic. And by the way, you got to help the guy take it to the car. Right. right? Like, but that would get the story out of that, right? Or have, you know, yeah. have, yeah, I'm telling you, the that. story is always more valuable than the item. And the person and the joy of doing I, I am a huge proponent of, of donation. I can't stress that enough. And I promise you, what will happen is you get to really connect to the person. And then you you get the excitement of the feeling, and then you want to do it more. And so the garage is the great place to start with that, because it's usually toys you no longer use. It's usually tools that you no longer use. By the way, donating tools, you could sell them, don't get me wrong. But donating tools is a great way to help like, another young man or woman start their family. Right. Like it's an amazing opportunity. So like the garage is a great, the garage and attic, you clearly don't use that stuff. So it's a great place to start donating and see how it works for you. I, I love that. How about, um, how about when you, you, you got to call in the experts? When do, you, when do you know you're looking at something or, or you'd look at something to, to gauge? I'm going to need to probably call in an expert for that one. Thing. All right. Here is, this is not technically <laughs> challenging. You're going to have a friend walk through the house and if they go, wow, what's that? I've never seen that before. Well, that's when you want to call in an expert. Right? Okay. Uh -huh. um, something is only valuable if another third party, sorry, something's only financially valued if an independent third party is willing to pay you for it. Right? Um, my business is helping people build their houses. I have seen enough brown furniture. I have seen enough, um, gosh, uh, what's the, uh, the, the dolls? Hummels. Oh, yeah. Beanie Babies. Oh, Hummels. Beanie yeah. Babies. Like, yeah. Baskets. I've seen it right. all. Right? right. Even Tupperware is it's not as flexible as you think. Um, the magazines, all those things. If you see them in every house, they're not really going to be that valuable. But if I've never seen something before, that's when I want to call in an expert. Um, art, I want to call in an expert. I'll be honest. A lot of time art sells for more than you think, even if it's just like your grandpa or something, you'd be surprised. Um, get if you if you haven't seen it in another friend's house, then that's when you want to start calling uh, in an expert. If you search online on the different Facebook pages on different um, auctioneer websites, national auctioneer websites, start to search what you have. And if you don't, if it doesn't come up, then that's really interesting. Like really yeah. interesting. And, and these days you can search those by photograph, take a photograph of it. You can throw Absolutely. that into Google. Google will search the photograph. You don't have to know what it's called or get the term right or, or anything off of that site as well. So yeah. And, and, and just because it's listed for something doesn't mean that's what it'll sell for. Hey, okay? That is huge. Sell price. That's right. Really Right, you right. Just, you can list it on eBay for anything, but did it sell for that? That's what I right. Yeah. yeah, great. That's a super great point on there. What are some other places where people tend to get, where families uh, can get tripped up as you're walking them through it? Um, uh, the fantasy, li fantasy life. I mean, you, you think, okay, I'm going to use this again. Um, I love it when I find an 80-year-old woman that's like, well, I'm holding on to that high chair. Oh, are you planning on having kids anytime soon? <laughs> well, no, that's for my grandkids. Oh, how old, how old are your grandkids? Well, they're 33. Right. Get, so it's for your potential great-grandkids that don't exist. And by the way, if you're listening to this right now and you are saving something for children that do not exist yet, guess what? It, it, it probably doesn't. It's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that Timmy's not going to have kids. I mean that the, the kid stuff is graded. It's not, it's not safe anymore. You don't need it. So I always... Your fantasy life is the, you know, I'm going to save um, my hundred boxes of puzzles because I'm going to have family game night one more time. Okay, when's the last time you have family game night? Well, it's been 10 years. I mean, actually, the kids pick me up at the driveway. They haven't even been in my house in 10 years, right? We go to someone else's house now for game night. 
those are the situations when you're you're saving things for a life that doesn't exactly exist anymore. By the way, my size 28 jeans are also included in that category. I wear a very snug 36, okay? <laughs> a very so snug size 36. But my fantasy life is my size 28s. And I've moved them to five states. They've been through two marriages. It's ridiculous. I can <laughs> let go of them, okay? It's really, really important to live in your real life, not your fantasy life. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And that is a chime. You know what? Look at that. You got my wife to chime in as soon as you said the 28s need to go. I like, this whole thing, Tony, this whole thing was, was a setup. Bad, right? You, you even sure got her that. attention today. Appreciated that one. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, a little bit more love and laughter here in just a second when we come back. Please stay tuned. We've got Matt Paxson on with Legacy List. And keeping the memories, losing this stuff. Stay tuned for the Pair Project podcast after this. You're thinking about buying or selling. Maybe you're retiring, downsizing, or a major life event has made you consider a move. A Seniors Real Estate Specialist, or SRES, has unique training in helping 50 plus home buyers and sellers. Why ask a Seniors Real Estate Specialist to assist you? An SRES understands the decision to move can be difficult and will provide you with an approach customized to suit your needs. They can help you navigate your choices because they have experience with 50 plus buyers and sellers and want to serve as a resource and guide. An SRES will patiently support you through each step. They will guide you through the major financial and lifestyle decisions involved in selling your family's home or moving to a new residence. They'll also tailor the marketing process to fit your needs and will be there when you need them. An SRES can draw upon a network of other professionals focused on 50 plus clients. Your SRES can provide referrals to a variety of resources at the local, state, and national level and on the internet. They're knowledgeable about senior housing options and can refer you to another SRES if you're planning to move outside the area. You can count on a Seniors Real Estate Specialist to guide you through the process of selling or buying your home, making the transaction less stressful and more successful. And welcome back to the Parent Projects podcast. Uh, those again that are following us, you can follow us on, on the major social media channels out there. We do broadcast live and then we, do, we have a replay that's going to come. Uh, they'll, they'll post throughout the whole week next week. So if you miss catching this up front, you can catch us over at parentprojects.com. Uh, just take a look for the podcast in the upper right hand corner. I've got uh, Matt Paxson today with Legacy List, Keeping the Memories, Losing This Stuff. He is literally the guy that wrote the book and we really boiled down, uh, Matt, we've We've gone through um, some fantastic points, particularly, I was just overviewing at the break here, those getting started, understanding how to start small, work through all those. I want to recap that in a second. We really did a great job, I think, of, of how not to quit and a couple of great ideas into there for us to recap. And man, this importance in the sharing stories uh, and it, just to, to feed the emotional beast that, that needs to be fed in this um, and, and to keep things moving, to give that win across the board. Those are, those are some of the, the, seems to be some of those, those great ways to move yourself out of that guilt and fear into a little bit of love and laughter for this. Anything that I'm not thinking about before we start in a recap? 
No, I mean, laughter, if you can tell, is a key proponent of this. Um, yeah. You need to be able to laugh. This is a hard topic if you don't. And, and we typically go into this thinking it's going to be hard. It doesn't have to be. You need to make the mindset that this is going to be awesome. This is going to be full of joy. I can do this. Um, it's really important. The You give it the time that it deserves. It took you 50 to 70 years to create these memories. You need to spend more than five to seven minutes telling those stories um, to get really, really deep here. I mean, I spent 20 years in hoarded houses. And so I've analyzed stuff at every level. You know, it's like working with psychologists in the house with stuff. And at the end of the day, we hold on to stuff um, because of the emotions behind it. And, and really, believe it or not, we're looking for our self-worth and our value in stuff. And I can tell you that that's, a, that's really a lost journey. Like, you're, it's empty. You're not going to find your self-worth at the end of your life and your stuff. You're going to find it in the time and the people and the love and the, and the faith that you had and all of that. And yeah. so how do you combat that? You tell the stories. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, it's all about the stories because your stories live on forever. You live on forever in your stories. The stuff just gets passed on and, and lost or donated or sold. But if you've told those stories, then they live forever. And, well, I, I genuinely love the story night and, and also being able to not just help mom and dad where they're at and telling that story and the emotional side, but much like that painting that you have back behind you, your siblings have different feelings for stuff, especially now that you've got a son that's by name of that, right? Yeah. There are there are going to be times where, you know, clients have been, one client's been, you know, uh, ready to move through mom and dad much, much quicker. They think they can make a resolve. They've dealt with that, especially end of life. You'll see that there, there may be another family member who isn't ready to cross that emotional kind of path afterwards in a process. And they'll hold back from wanting to do any of these things because they're not, they're just not ready to emotionally oh. process some of that. Right. Oh, I one time I cleaned the house and was like, they were like, oh, when mom died. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm you know really sorry for your loss. When did your mom die? And she was like 83. Right. It had been like 30 years. And then yeah. swear to God, I promise you about a year later, I'm doing a family. They were like talking about the funeral. I was like, when was the funeral? They're like this morning. And we were in the house cleaning the house that afternoon. Families grieve at different pace. All of them are valid and correct for you in whatever situation you're in. Um, and usually it's not the whole family feeling the same way, by the way. Usually we have multiple groups, but you got to do it at your pace and the way it works for you. Yeah. And, and have a little bit of that empathy to your siblings. If they're not able to, to tackle this in the same path, you are finding that one that's capable of doing it. Again, making sure that mom and dad are getting this emotional connection. I think you've done a great way to, to share that experience and your perspective there of what is best, really beneficial. We'll say that it's very beneficial for mom and dad to process that, to get them to let go of some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, tiny, I think the, the, a lot of times families will hold on to their adult children's stuff because they don't have space for it in their new life yet. And I've seen seniors not move into a better location because they're basically turning their house into a storage unit. Um, don't do that. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I was going to add, look, you, you open the door on another one. Whoa. How about, how about just the storage unit, whether it's a house to a storage Well, unit. I'm not a big storage unit. Storage units should be for six months and that's it. That's my opinion. Yeah, um, great. That being said, I really am not cool with you turning your house into a storage unit for your adult children. And so to give a firm deadline, like say, hey, I'm moving in six months. If you don't come get this stuff by X date, I'm selling it. You've given up. You didn't say tomorrow, right? You gave them six months. Yeah. Same thing with um, when family says they want an item. Yeah, yeah, I want the piano. Great. Come pick it up by July 5th or you don't get it. Right. Give them a firm date. And by the way, it's not on you to 
be the one that follows through. It's on them. If they want the item, it's on them. And so um, guilt is the is a word I, I'm trying to not talk a lot about, but we, a lot, if you're over 55, you naturally have guilt because that's the way you were raised, right? Yeah. Um, if you're Catholic, you probably got a lot of guilt. <laughs> yeah. It is, okay? So we're in the right spot. But at the end of the day, it is not on you to, you are not a historian. You are not a librarian. It's not on you to, to hold the entire family history forever or all those items, right? You, I promise you, people would want you to have a better life and you can free yourself from that guilt. So many families that I, I help, I get the, oh, well, that was my great aunt and she would just kill me if I got rid of it. Great, where's your great aunt? Oh, well, she's been dead 40 years. And they're holding stuff for dead people, man. Like, and I'm saying that very bluntly, that exact way on purpose. You should not feel guilty for holding on to items from people that are no longer with us because you're afraid of what they will think. I promise you they're busy. All right. They're, they got they got things going on in their world. It's OK. They want you to have the life you want. You are free from this guilt. You are allowed to move forward um, and you are allowed to have a good life. And you're, if your stuff is holding your back, then it's not the life you want. And find someone that needs it more than you donate it to them. That's going to bring you joy. It's going to bring the people that that you want to honor. It'll bring them joy, too, by giving it to someone that cares about it. more. Than you. I love it. I love it. Hey, Matt, tell people where they can find the show. Uh, you watch a TV show on public television, on PBS, anywhere in the country, or at mylegacylist.com. My Legacy List 4, go right to I Am Matt Paxton. You can click on the link there. It'll take you right to it as well. Um, but really, just, just type in Legacy List. It'll pop up somewhere online. Uh, and you can get my book. Same thing. Go to I Am Matt Paxton. Everything I got is on I Am Matt Paxton. My book, my show, lots of tips. I do love that. I, uh, hey, Matt, I just a wealth of information today. It was fast and furious. Can you believe 40 minutes into that? I love it. It, I love it's it. my job, man. I love it. I got the best job in the world. Yeah, yeah me, me too. Yeah, you have the second best job in the world because I think I'm, I'm yeah. pretty much rocking the first right now. Uh, Matt, again, Matt Paxton, uh, Legacy List. Uh, if you're looking for more information off of this, you can find it down below uh, when we do make the full posting of, of the uh, podcast. Make sure to share this podcast, like, uh, subscribe to us if you're looking for more off of this. Join us at parentprojects.com. Uh, and uh, Matt, thank you again for sharing your time, talents, and treasures with us this week. Thanks for having me, and I wish everybody luck this watching. Okay. Well, that's it for the team this week, and thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed the content, remember to subscribe and to share this episode on the app that you're using right now. Your reviews and your comments, they really help us expand our reach as well as our perspective. So if you have time, also drop us a note. Let us know how we're doing. For tips and tools to clarify your parent project, simplify communication with your stakeholders, and verify the professionals that you choose, you can find us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for trusting us until our next episode. Behold and be held. Thank you for listening to this Parent Projects podcast production. To access our show notes, resources, or forums, join us on your favorite social media platform or go to parentprojects.com. This show is for informational and educational purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional credential in your local area. This show is copyrighted by Family Media and Technology Group Incorporated and Parent Projects LLC. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcast.